why Atlanta lost its bid to host the 2024 Democratic National Convention. This incredible honor that President Biden and the DNC have bestowed upon Chicago. Welcome to Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Greg Bluestein. And I'm Patricia Murphy, and we are two of your political insiders here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome, and be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Well, Patricia, all of our best laid plans for today's show were thrown out the window around 10 a.m. or so this morning when we got the news, the very unexpected news, because frankly, as we'll talk about, we were expecting a very different outcome, um, <laughs> not just this week, but for the last few weeks, months even, um, from very optimistic Democratic officials expecting Atlanta and not Chicago to get the bid. We knew news was coming uh, this week. We did not quite expect it to be Chicago, but we'll talk all about that development. It really feels like we are reeling from a bad breakup that we did not see coming, uh, but we can unpack all of that as we would with any good breakup. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to dish. <laughs> also joining us to spill the tea is AJC columnist Bill Torpy. He's going to join us in our second segment. He's a Chicago native and he has a unique perspective on all this. So we can't wait to have Bill join us for part two. This is Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Patricia, I just got back from spring break and the entire time I was visiting family and hanging with the kids in Charleston, I was getting updates on the DNC hunt. And I was relaying some of them back to my editors who were saying, hey, you know, don't work. It's, it's vacation. I said, I'm not going to tell all these sources who have been keeping me updated on all this. Hey, don't keep me updated this week because it seemed like a pivotal week. Officials were getting notice that the final agreements were getting near and, you know, there was just this sense of unbridled optimism that Atlanta would get the bid. I mean, even until Monday night when uh, sources told me that they were still planning uh, a celebratory event sometime this week in, in downtown Atlanta. They're making preparations. I checked in early Tuesday with some key sources who said, yeah, everything still looks, looks good. I checked in before I did a morning run, came back from my run, checked in again. Uh, not so much. Uh, and within the next 20 minutes or so, plans seem to unravel. I think what happened, or we'll talk a lot about why Chicago got, got it and why Atlanta did it, but I think one of the things that happened was, was that organizers, the Democratic national officials, are very good about telling both Chicago and Atlanta all the right things. You know, you're still in the hunt, you're still in the hunt. And they were probably saying the exact same thing to Chicago this entire time. Yeah, we really are going to need to find out, was the Atlanta team overconfident or was the Atlanta team 
um, slightly misled, um, I'm going to say. Nobody said it was definitely coming here, but people were very, very confident and had been for some time. But there's a reason why organizers would want the host city or the potential host city to stay completely on board. One big reason is because the host city needs to block out thousands and thousands of hotel rooms. They need to start signing contracts. You need to go ahead and start the process of hosting the convention even if you don't ultimately host the convention. And you would like that to be done with vigor by all cities in the competition, just in case something falls through. So um, yeah, the Atlanta organizers really thought they were going to get it. We just have to be quite honest here. Um, So uh, we were getting just full confidence mode from Team Atlanta for quite some time. Now, I started to notice that Team Chicago was also in full confidence mode. And I think I've mentioned that a good friend of mine is Lynn Sweet, who is the Chicago columnist over at the Chicago Sun-Times. And she was detailing all of the many ways that Chicago was 100% sure that they were getting it. And in my mind, I'm like, that's weird because everybody in Atlanta thinks they're getting it too. Um, (laughs) But a couple of signs started to cloud the horizon for Atlanta a little bit. One is that a really key organizing group for the DNC that makes technical recommendations last week recommended Chicago based on logistics, um, politics, hotel rooms, transportation, um, and et cetera. So um, the et cetera seems to have gotten Chicago over the top. When you get way into the weeds, the politics in Illinois are so much easier in Chicago and um, for Democrats rather than the politics in Georgia. The money in Chicago is hugely important because Governor J.B. Pritzker made it very clear to the DNC that it would emerge debt free from the convention, which is music to any convention organizers ears. J.B. Pritzker has is a net worth of more than three billion dollars. His sister's net worth is equally upwards of $3 billion. The rest of his family individually, they all have about $3 billion. Not collectively, but each one of them does. So, um, And they're all, they've been mega donors for the DNC for years and years and years. So this is a connected, wealthy bid above and beyond all of the logistics, like two airports mm-hmm. and being on a really lovely Lake Michigan that's really pretty in the summertime. You know, just a lot of things were working in their favor. But, you know, I still thought Atlanta had the stronger bid despite all of those things. Um, But Chicago really, really went out. We started to see the signs and then the final sign was today. Yeah, Patricia, that's a really good point to start with because officials here, almost to a person, you know, either on the record and Mayor Dickens went on the record, uh, but many privately say that if there was a decisive factor it was the fact that J.B. Pritzker, the billionaire governor of Illinois, who has presidential aspirations himself and is said to be pretty close with President Biden, that he said, hey, I'll foot the bill. I'll, foot, I'll, I'll pay for any cost overruns myself. And that is no small concern for Democratic officials who are still stung by what happened in, in the DNC in Charlotte when they were left with an $8 million tab. And so the fact that someone like J.B. Pritzker and his allies and his friends and his family and whoever else he wants can, can go and, and say, hey, well, we will foot the bill. We will make sure that this is a debt-free event played a really big role. And this is what Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens said to our AJC colleague Riley Bunch about it. 
The thing that also Illinois had was a lot of cash coming from uh, the governor who has already expressly said, I will write this check. The DNC will not have any uh, worry about the expenses coming back on their balance sheet. So uh, from the start, we said that we are a group project and we would raise this money. Uh, and, and Chicago's, uh, the, the, the governor of Illinois said, I'm just going to you know, make this go away. Make any conversations about money go away. I got it. And so that makes it a little easier decision. And, um, you know, uh, Governor Pritzker is a, uh, a stalwart of the Democratic Party, has funded a lot of support, supportive efforts for Democrats across the nation. So uh, here he is now making sure that, you know, things went his way. Patricia, you know, that's not the only reason why. Um, and we, we'll talk about some of the other reasons why. But but that played a role. It's impossible to say that money, you know, as, as many officials texted me, and I'm sure you too, money talks in a situation like this. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for a political party that knows it's going to be raising money leading up to 2024, that knows it's going to want to spend that money on races, not cocktail parties right before the convention, they want that money to be used in competitive races, not in um, kind of the ins and outs of hosting an event. So that was a huge, huge consideration. The other consideration that I have heard and was hearing going into it were the concerns about unions and labor, which has been very, very close with Joe Biden for years and years. Labor unions have supported his runs from his very first Senate run all the way through his presidential runs. They were just among the most loyal to Joe Biden um, anywhere in the country. And the fact that Georgia is a right to work state and specifically that the hotels in Atlanta, there are two union friendly hotels, meaning unionized staff at hotels. There are two in downtown Atlanta. There are 45 in Chicago and delegations it is it is hugely important to a number of these state delegations to stay in a union-friendly hotel. And I'll tell you just how much it infuses sort of the democratic nuts and bolts. When I moved to DC, people, you know, people hand out your business cards and democratic staffers had this small symbol on their business cards. And I said, what, what is this symbol? I don't know what this is. And they said, oh, this was printed in a union shop. The cards were printed in a union shop. And why would you ever get them printed anywhere besides a union shop? So to them, every element of the of the work from the paper to the staff to uh, the policies, all of it must be union friendly. And that goes all the way to the convention and the hotels as well. And the leaders, more than a dozen leaders of national unions, sent a letter to Jamie Harrison, who's the head of the DNC, to say Atlanta is unacceptable for this reason alone. Yeah, that's a good point. The union embrace in Chicago, uh, and, and frankly, it's so key to President Biden's reelection campaign, is, is that union support in the upper Midwest. You're right. Chicago has nearly 50 unionized hotels. Atlanta just has about two that are listed on sort of pro-union websites. There's also other reasons that opponents of Atlanta went on the record uh, criticizing Georgia. They were worried that it would be a boon to Governor Brian Kemp, the Republican, a high, a fast-rising Republican, who, of course, supported anti-abortion laws, supported permissive gun policies, supported anti-union measures that are seen as hostile to the labor movement. It would be a reward for the governor of Georgia, there was some concern. And, you know, there was also, of course, a focus on Chicago's logistics 
Yes, Atlanta has the world's busiest airport, but, they, but Chicago has two <laughs> very busy airports as well. It has an extensive public transportation system, and it's used to holding big events. It has ample hotel stock. And then going back to money, not only does it have Pritzker, but it is a hotbed for Democratic megadonors. So raising that cash, not just to hold the DNC, but also to bolster Biden's presidential re-election campaign, which hasn't been formally announced yet, but will be soon. That sort of donor base is key. Um, Here's what Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, the outgoing mayor of Chicago, said about this honor. This incredible honor that President Biden and the DNC have bestowed upon Chicago is a testament to how we work together as a city government, as um, a cabinet, um, but also the folks at the United Center, McCormick Place, and demonstrating that we know how to come together as a city government and the private sector to make sure that we can pull off large-scale events, which we do as a matter of course. Patricia, the very fact that the outgoing mayor of Chicago is making this announcement also tells you that Chicago is able to overcome a lot of political turbulence the mayor's office and, you know, the, the fact that she was rejected in a, in a primary just a few weeks ago. And the incoming mayor, one of his first phone calls was to President Biden, where he was emphasizing the need for Biden to select Chicago over Atlanta. Now, speaking of large scale events, one really strange quirk of the 20, summer of 2024 is that both New York and Atlanta could be having criminal trials of former President Donald Trump in their cities. And between the three cities that were the finalists for the DNC convention, only Chicago didn't have that really unusual possibility looming out there. And if you can imagine the optics of the DNC nominating Joe Biden and then a Democratic prosecutor holding a criminal trial of former President Donald Trump when he could potentially be the Republican nominee, um, that's just a little bit wild, to be honest with you. And so I don't know that that was that was not the main reason. But that was another kind of sigh of relief for some Democrats that they just really didn't have to worry about that. Now, I would say I think in Atlanta's favor, um, really, is just the fact that it is a battleground state, and that this is where Democrats need to be making their case. I know people don't agree with me on that one. But that was the that was the topic of my column, um, that the South is the future for Democrats and needs to be the future for Democrats. And so, you know, if you want all your bills paid, and you want everyone to like you go to Chicago. But if you would like to come to the home of the civil rights movement and continue the struggle and continue the fight, then I felt like Atlanta was the place. I felt like the history was here and the future is here. But, you know, Chicago put together a really strong bid, it turns out. And Patricia, you weren't alone. I mean, that was the main pitch um, from a lot of uh, city and state Democratic leaders who were saying that Georgia is going to be the premier battleground state this decade. And so if Democrats want to establish a foothold in the South and build on gains that Joe Biden made here in 2020 when he captured the state. He became the first Democratic nominee to uh, capture the state in presidential elections since 92. And of course, Ossoff and Warnock's victories in 2021 and Warnock's victory in 2022. To build on those victories, that's why they made this a regional push. That's why they got 60 plus elected leaders uh, from as far as Texas um, and all over the deep South to endorse this push. 
Here's what Mayor Dickens said on Atlanta's role now that it lost the 2024 DNC, but will continue, of course, to be a pivotal player in the presidential campaign. Yeah, well, of course, they want Georgia, right? So Georgia showed up big in 2020, 2021, and then again in 2022 with Warnock's uh, re-election. So uh, the DNC and every other uh, entity knows that Atlanta and Georgia are in play. Um, You know, we're somewhere between uh, blue and red, so we're purple. Uh, And so the goal is for us to figure out our strategy to make sure that we solidify our, uh, our blue. Uh, status and so I think the DNC now will start, you know, making plans for Chicago, but inviting Atlanta to be a part of it and how, uh, you know, how attractive we were for the entire South will now be, you know, how to make sure that that element is in Chicago. They wouldn't say what role he wants Georgia or Atlanta to play in the 2024 DNC, but obviously it will not be the starring role with today's news. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring along Bill Torpy, resident. Chicago native and AJC columnist to talk a little bit about his perspective on Atlanta's loss and Chicago's win. This is Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. And we're back to Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Greg Bluestein, along with your other host, Patricia Murphy. We're also two of the authors of the Morning Jolt newsletter, which sets the stakes and the agenda in Georgia politics. And you can get it in your inbox every morning if you're a subscriber to the AJC. You can join the community right now by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts and get six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. What a deal. Subscribe at AJC.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. Patricia, we have quite the guest to bring on to join the second segment of our show, AJC, columnist. What are that, pugilist? Is that how you pronounce boxers? I have always seen the, seen the word, but I've never said it in my life. It's, but, uh, yeah, it's, that's the word. That's the word of a <laughs> former boxer, uh, now recovering from knee surgery that he wrote so eloquently about just a few days ago. He'll also have, I'm sure, a, a lot to say and a lot to write about Chicago's victory over Atlanta for the DNC. AJC Metro columnist, Bill Torpy. Bill, what's your take, man? Well, um, I think at the start of it, I, I, I believe it went it went down to hot dogs. And, uh, <laughs> not pizza? No, not pizza. But I, I think the hot dog is just so so much superior in Chicago. I think maybe the the uh, the party that was scanning uh, for the uh, Democratic convention here in Atlanta might have gone to the place on North Avenue. And you know, I I've always been not a fan, but I I know that's sacrilegious. I'm sorry, but. Uh, uh, I ultimately uh, Chicago. There's just a lot going on for it. I mean, it's it's a big convention town, maybe bigger than Atlanta. I mean, and that was one of the things you were saying is that hotel rooms. I mean, that's 
one of the reasons why we won in um, 1996 to get the Olympics. We were good with logistics, and, and Chicago is just like that too. That uh, it is, it's a a big uh, lakefront. It's a lot to do. I think it's just uh, when it comes to stuff to do while you're trying to woo people. You know, there's just not, you know, you can only hang around Centennial Park so long and, and go to, to Bones or whatever. You know, I mean, it's the Atlanta just doesn't have that there there that Chicago has. And I, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, a lot of it. And I was shaking my head uh, when you guys were talking about the uh, <laughs> battleground state and we've had our disagreements. We saw on you that. shaking your head. <laughs> um, <laughs> the. Uh, it's just I, I I've always contended that uh, 2020 was a mulligan. Uh, it was um, Trump was just someone that e- even Republicans could vote against, and the Democrats just had uh, uh, the the perfect storm. And then the uh, Trump kind of went off on the two his two candidates in the runoffs, and 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 so the two Democrats won. And then of course in 2022. The only de- Democrat who won and all of the rest of them got beat, you know, got creamed. But the only one who won was uh, Warnock, who ran against the only Republican in the South who could have lost to him. I think Herschel Walker was just that bad of a candidate, even though he was, uh, uh, you know, a heroic figure uh, at your alma mater, uh, Greg. <laughs> but uh, so anyways, that's the, and we've, we've kind of had this this disagreement before, but uh, that's kind of part of it. I, I think that, you know, what they were saying is that Chicago kind of is the the symbol of the Rust Belt. You know, you, you, as you guys were talking about, the unions is, is a big thing. But the, um, I think I was reading that they say that that's, you know, they're trying to nail down Wisconsin again and Michigan again, again, and Minnesota and Minnesota. And, and so it's the, you know, Chicago's, uh, uh, a great lakey, you know, I mean, that's, it's just <laughs> all that band of water that I was talking about earlier, uh, connects a lot of the, the, the places that we were talking about. And, uh, so I think that just kind of goes into the, um, the ether of, of this situation. Torpy, let's talk a little bit about the unions and the union culture in Chicago. How much of a part, how much of a part of the city is that? Well, it was, um, my brother, um, was a carpenter and, uh, he had a, a proud union home sign out in front of his house as do a lot of people in the neighborhood I grew up in. Uh, my uh, niece sent me pictures from the local Southside Irish, uh, Southside Chicago Irish, uh, St. Patrick's Day parade, and one of the floats was Scab- Scabby, who's uh, this big rat that <laughs> oh the unions God. put out in front of uh, uh, non-union shops. So if you're building a hotel or a, uh, anything, a restaurant or whatever, and it's non-union, you see this like 22 foot tall rat scabby the rat uh they put so they they put people were like he was a big hit you know scabby wow. was, so scabby was in the parade that was kind of the thing so so that's you know i mean that's kind of where you're coming from i mean it's it's not really a thing here in 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 georgia i mean you know i mean i think unions are kind of seen as kind of communist-y 
uh, you know, so the socialists like those. But it's, I mean, it's not like it was. I mean, that's that's certainly the case. Um, you know, union shops have have died even there. And uh, and interestingly, I, I still have a lot of friends that are uh, in the trades up there, and a lot of guys are union, but they're pretty they're they're pretty red. You know, they there's a lot of guys who are union members who, you know, were Trump supporters. So that's kind of an interesting uh, twist there. So, And Bill, tell us about what you remember, if anything. <laughs> tell me if you don't remember anything. But about Pritzker, about his role in Chicago politics, because here's a guy who is obviously really wealthy, but also full of ambition. He, yeah. he, he was looked at, he's seen as a guy who could even run for president this coming cycle. Of, I, of, of I, Biden I always kind of su- was surprised at hearing that. I mean, he, he'd be the homeliest president since Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> I think. Which is he, really he, saying something, by the uh, way. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, or Taft, oh, maybe Taft. He's kind of a Taftian figure anyway. Um, he, um, he beat a billionaire to get in. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it is the the embodiment of big money, you know, I, I, and I remember reading, I, I can't uh, cite it to you right off the, but of, of how much money he spent of his own. And, you know, I guess the fact that he is that um, interested in, in making sure that his city gets it and he has a, uh, a, a playground for his ambitions is, is certainly, you know, his billionaires are better. Or Chicago's billionaires are better than Atlanta's billionaires when it came down to this. And, you know, having um, ha- having nailed this down was a good thing. Now, Atlanta, of course, is historically good. I mean, we had the Olympics that didn't have debt, right? That was the big thing that uh, they have always argued is that the, the city of Atlanta was able to pull off the Olympics without having debt. And, uh, you know, Chicago has always kind of uh, reminded me of, Atlanta in a way, or Atlanta is reminding me of Chicago, let's put it the other way around, in the fact that both are kind of cities on the make, uh, you know, a lot of bluster, a little bit of BS, uh, like to uh, uh, talk about being world class. Um, and, uh, and the fact the Windy City, um, the name is not because of the wind coming off the lake. That was because in 1893, Chicago stole the uh, World's Fair away from New York. And one of the writers called it the Windy City as in, you know, you blowhards. So oh, I love little it. Known, little known uh, 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 trivia there. So you're suggesting there's some parallels <laughs> between what happened yeah. then and what happened <laughs> now. Well, uh, I look, I, I know it's a devastating blow to a lot of Democrats. I don't say devastating lightly because, because of the optimism. Um, because folks were talking in... Patricia mentioned it earlier that... You know, you were on the stage, Patricia, with Mayor Dickens at a Atlanta Press Club event just a few weeks ago where he said flatly, we're going to get the DNC. You know, that was just hubris. It wasn't just, you know, being optimistic. There's just a lot of officials who were saying, oh, yeah, it's kind, of, it's a done deal. We just need to kind of play this out. And even when you'd start seeing stories in the national media kind of crapping on Atlanta about either unions or crime or Republican policies or whatever, whatever the attacks would be. You didn't really see Atlanta folks, at least I didn't, leaking stories. They didn't do it to me, but leaking negative stories about Chicago or New York or anything like that, um, their bids either. And when I, you know, talked to 
key officials about the the dynamic going back and forth in the attacks, they'd say, hey, look, we, we know we're the front runner. We have the target on our back. We're just going to kind of keep on going. You know, we're not going to go down in the mud with them. And I don't know if, you know, they regret that stance because I don't know if that had anything to do with the out, ultimate outcome. But I know that's that's how optimistic and confident Georgia officials were this entire time. Yeah, well, I think, you know, you just can't get past the politics of this above and beyond the money. Also, a convention in Chicago is a home game. Chicago has hosted more than 10 Democratic conventions. The Pritzker family is so tied in and wrapped up with Democrats and the DNC. Penny Pritzker, who is J.B. Pritzker's sister, um, was a member of the Biden administration as the uh, Secretary of Commerce. All of those cabinet meetings where Penny Pritzker was, Joe Biden was as well, of course, because he was the vice president. So this is just a city that is extremely connected to the Democratic Party. And for all of Georgians' hopes and thoughts that maybe they're a battleground state, according to Bill Torpy, they're not. <laughs> they shouldn't get their hopes up. Um, but Don't it look is, at the last two elections. Yeah, exactly. But it is just a heavier lift. It's a heavier lift here. And there were more reasons not to have it here than to have it here. Um, Torpy, what else can you tell us about Chicago when these delegates go, but also more importantly, when these candidates go? Not only are they thinking about money for the convention, they hold their own fundraisers at these events. They will have super cool parties and it'll be a fundraiser for so-and-so Senate bid in 2024. And you're right. Bones does not have that much capacity. <laughs> they can no, only it's, hold it's so hard, many it's fundraisers. Beat, uh, it's hard to beat uh, the sunset when you're out on the lakefront on a boat and, uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, 200 people on a boat. Not that I w- went to many of those, but it's it's a uh, I think it just has a, a more pizzazz for things like that. Um, and uh, one of the I mean, and uh, this is here's my conspiracy theorist. Uh, pardon me. Uh, one of the things that I, I've I was thinking about previously was the the whole thing with the training center, the Atlanta Police Training Center. And, you know, I had been hearing people talking about it because I've been covering that some and they've been talking about, boy, we're going to let the Democrats know and we're going to be out there. And so you have, you know, I could see that, you know, the Democrats are thinking, boy, we, you know, we're going to in fact, the, the, the protesters are largely from their team. Right. So we have all these people out there, you know, the moon bats um, just you know, screaming in the streets, trying, you know, to, to disrupt things. And, you know, the, then you have, you know, Atlanta police, you know, pushing them around, um, you know, it's, it's shades of 1968, uh, uh, Chicago. Dem- and that was one of the things in the 68 that that showed the Democratic Party was split. And the um, the convention there had, you know, the famous riots. The, it was the police riots, oddly enough. That was the police beating the snot out of everybody. And that was a very bad look for the Democrats at the time, they ended up losing the election to to Richard Nixon. And, uh, you know, that, my thought is that uh, some of that might have kind of bled into the thinking of uh, Atlanta. Maybe we just don't want to go there. Yeah, I was at a um, I was at a, a Republican event earlier on Tuesday, um, still kind of processing the news and just you know, curious, asking folks around. And I asked a business executive there. Uh, her take on it. 
And she said, look, I can't say this publicly, but very good news that Georgia is not getting this because they were worries as good as it, as you know, as, as positive as an economic impact would be. It also brings protests. It brings traffic. It brings, it brings, it brings some negative to the city too. And it brings a lot, a lot, a, a brighter spotlight. So there's certainly well, some the, pushback. The, the economic impact has always been suspect in my mind. You know, it's a, Whenever they have a, a, a Super Bowl, it's, you know, $6.7 zillion of, you know, each dollar is spent 14 times here. And um, it, it, I, I, I'm always suspect as to what they say. I mean, those those hotel rooms will be filled by probably somebody else anyway. You know, that's- yeah. our colleagues have this great headline about the economic impact. This is loss of Democratic National Convention and economic meh. Experts say <laughs> that it really won't be that much. Look, it would have brought thousands of visitors in for sure, but you're right. Um, all those conventions and all those hotels that were having to put a stay on those hotel blocks can now go release them to other groups. Absolutely. And uh, to your point, Bill Torpy, the national headlines that Atlanta has been making really have been about um, that fire and police safety training center. So it is very easy to imagine all of those protesters texting all of their friends all around the mm-hmm. country, since most of them are not from Atlanta, and uh, getting a, a pretty significant showing here and then making plans about exactly how to execute. So, you know, I think as many upsides as there were, there were some real potential uh, pr- problems with it as well. And as with many things, Bill Torpy is a skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we love about him. I know. Bill Torpy. Thank you so much for joining us. Get back to writing, man. What are you doing? All right. Have a good one, guys. Appreciate it. Coming up on Friday's episode, we're going to answer your questions from the listener mailbag, which you can now call into. It's the Politically Georgia podcast hotline. You can call anytime, leave a question, and we'll play it back and answer your question right here on the podcast. The number is 770-810-5297. That's 770-810-5297. Producer Shaney B is standing by. Waiting for your call. Dial now. Thanks so much for listening to the Politically Georgia podcast. You can count on new episodes to come out every Wednesday, every Friday, or whenever news breaks. We'll see you next time on Politically Georgia from the AJC. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. Pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.